0: 10-yard line. Young, on the move. He will throw and
1: catch. Did he hang on? Yes! It's a touchdown for DJ Chart.
0: We'll check his feet. He hauled it in before going out of bounds, and Young made it happen. Third down and five. Play clock at one as the shotgun snap comes to Murray. He'll throw it over the middle. Catch is
1: made on a cross by Dorch first down. Oh, nice hesitation. Dorch is zigzag down the sideline. Dorch diving for the end zone. Touchdown!
2: I think, a, I think no way. Not for a second. It gets they are keeping. Scrambling here. Nice move. Down windows to throw the football home. second and nine Gino to the end zone he's got Metcalf down there one handed grab was he
0: in no signal yet fun final couple weeks to sort that all out second and five deep shot Slayton's behind Blankenship there he is, Slayton is in touchdown Giants boy you couldn't have handed that to him any better than Tyrod
2: Taylor just did how much does Mike McCarthy want to rely on that in these early downs?
1: Second down, cut, cut, throw, again. Lamb,
2: land, it's stride, room to run, he's
0: down inside the 20, makes the move, C.D. Lamb is going to score!
2: First down, fake it, bootleg, Flacco sets, throws, looking for separation, it's caught! Cooper down the sideline for the touchdown. Flag is down. Joe Flacco with the bomb to Cooper. Zach Taylor knows that's irrelevant. This is a game that regardless of the opponent, you got to have to be a playoff team. And that's a big play. T. Higgins. Wow. Extends. Higgins is gone. It's a Higgins house call. Touchdown.
0: Look at this. Balls on the ground. Balls on the ground. Picked up by the Raiders. Do they have a touchdown with Nichols?
2: Third and one. Rudolph looking sideline for Pickens again. He's got it. Dropped into the bucket. Pickens punches back. Touchdown.
0: Little chip shot there. Home throws, throws and right. he's
2: picked off. And this one's going back for a touchdown. Two steps, two defensive touchdowns, and it's Jack Jones who had a pick six last week. No one embraced Joe Flacco quicker than <laughs> Hulk did, because now they weren't calling him Monk, they were calling Joe Grandpa. Kickoff, Hopkins to Pierce. Still going, Pierce. Texans need it. Does Pierce have enough gas? He does! Touchdown, Houston! 98 yards on the run back.
1: Only more than 20 once in their last eight. They have struggled mightily through the year, hoping this is the game to turn around, and
2: Rudolph with his first completion. It's Pickens in stride! There he goes! The explosion and 20. That That is... Picked on! Adoree Jackson changing this game! Hurts in pursuit will
0: not get him! It's a pick six, Adoree Jackson! G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, welcome back to another episode of G'day Gridiron for the Aussie Gridiron Network. We are a three-man team, but only two regulars this week. Manjot's in the house with me. Brad. Hey. Hey, mate. Brad is, uh, Brad's off on a bit of family leave, Manjot. So we have to do congratulations to Brad for another anniversary. And, of course, he's got his yeah. uh, his family up in uh, the sunny sunny sunshine state this week. Uh, showing them around, he says. Although we all know that showing anyone around Brisbane takes a mere matter of moments, doesn't it, Manjot?
2: Yeah, it doesn't take, doesn't take like, you know, a day, it takes a while. Look here, like look here,
0: big big river, here, big <laughs> building, <laughs> that's all it yeah. is. So, but we do have a three-man team, as I mentioned, so of course we got the pinch hitter and we've got none other than the host with the most from Aussie NFL Fantasy, and that is Matty C. How you going, mate?
1: Whoa, now that's an intro. Hey guys, thanks for having me along. No hey, worry, buddy. it's great
0: to have you here to uh, talk a bit of uh, Real Ball.
1: It, it feels like Ooh. the right time of season too, because it was this time last year that we started getting together for like the mashups, yeah. so to to get the, the call up now, it kind of feels right, like I kind of feel like I'm in the right sort of mid-season form to come and join the big boys.
0: I think it might have almost been this time last season when you started joining Manshot and I. Just yeah, a, little a bit, just it's before... about that time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, was, yeah. That one episode. Yeah, that that was around December, I'm pretty sure. We
0: could always start calling this the annual Maddie C podcast. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> you come
1: by the fantasy show as well, so it's not like you're a stranger on our turn. No,
0: and I don't know. I cannot talk anywhere near enough fantasy as you can <laughs> normal football. So <laughs> I'm really, but just, mate, it's all I'm, a learning
1: thing. We're, I'm we're just all, everyone's I'm, learning
0: off each other. It's good, yeah. It is. I'm just there for uh extra comedy relief with Taylor
1: when I'm on The, Fantasy the Sex podcast. appeal, you're there for sex appeal. Let's be honest, we know yeah. this I'm, 100%. I'm not, I'm there for all beard. Our female listenership just goes bang when you're on, mate. 100%. Oh, yeah, except for those shit. From zero pi- to one,
0: except for the shit <laughs> pictures you use of me on social media.
1: <laughs> you need to send me some better pictures, bro. You do. You got to. You got to take some glamour shots. Okay, that's on your to-do list this week. Glamour shots. Oh, no, we're gonna.
0: We're all doing that. We're, the whole Aussie Gridiron Network is doing that in the off-season. Yeah. I'm gonna mandate. Use
1: that photo booth of yours, brother. Send uh, me some pics.
0: I'm gonna, man- <laughs> I'm gonna mandate glamour shots from everybody for AGN this, next year.
1: All right. You're on, mate. You're on. I'll mate, make it happen. I'll produce a Maddie C calendar. That you've asked for it. <laughs> Maybe we should. Uh, yes, absolutely. I want a Maddie C calendar. Oh, good tax time. Mm. <laughs> Season greetings, boys. Like well, you can imagine already, can't
0: you? That's something great to uh, to put up on the merch store too, Maddie.
2: Yeah, Get the calendars also, going. Yeah. Also, boys. Sorry to interrupt, but no, never. You know, our, our show, our show is obviously on the Aussie NFL Fantasy feed. So if you're listening look from there. It. Of course, find the good a gridiron feed on um on Spotify as well. I know you guys obviously love Maddie's voice. I'm sure Maddie, you agree. You'd <laughs> want to find the our feed on the show. Uh, you'd want to find the good egg gridiron feed. That is right.
1: Yeah, I agree with both. I love my voice too, and uh, I love good a gridiron. So definitely, I'd encourage anybody who has a good time with us on Aussie NFL Fantasy to find the good a gridiron feed and support the boys here because they do a great job. These guys here are the the premiere. Gridiron analysts in the whole country, not just on NFL, but they also talk about the local game too. So it's um, uh, it's kind of cool to be a part of that, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're trying to build something big here. We're not going to we, um... exclude anybody. Everybody's a big loving. It's gridiron. It's Australian gridiron. This isn't like the NFL. Well, no, it is talking about the NFL. But it's not like an American yeah. game where everybody hates everybody. Uh, we're in Australia. We all help
1: <laughs> everybody over here. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. This isn't college
1: leagues. <laughs> Well, and I think the approach we've got as a network too. So there's there's our two shows and also our brother, Mark, who does the No Huddle Dynasty podcast, which is really rooted in just dynasty fantasy football. So pretty specific stuff. But the three of us in in terms of shows all sort of look at it in terms of if there's one new listener to any of our shows any week, well, we want that person to be able to discover the others because the rising tide lifts all boats, right? Someone's interested in fantasy. They're clearly interested in NFL. Vice versa, if someone's interested in the NFL, there's a great chance of, they've heard of fantasy, want to come and check it out, you know. So, it's that, that's kind of the approach we want to take with it is uh, football's a sport for everybody, and there's no wrong way to enjoy it.
0: Absolutely, well said, Betty. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, I, and I'd say Marky's uh, Marky Mark's No Huddle Dynasty podcast will probably take off a bit more in the off season, like it usually does, because he yeah. does a lot of rookie talk. He is, he is, he is our rookie analyst. I'll bring yeah, him no, back no, I don't mean season. that. He's our rookie football player analyst. I should it, it's a rookie analyst is is uh, probably more of a, a lesser term for someone with Mark. He's balls. like he's <laughs> like
2: the less the less annoying version of that NFL rookie watch on Twitter. I'm what? not saying Mark. Oh opinion. right!
0: I, I, I didn't wonder where you were going then.
2: He's yeah. The... No. No. You, you know that account, right? <laughs> NFL rookie watch on Twitter. He's the and Australian.
0: That's... He's the Australian Daniel Jeremiah. That's where.
2: There you go. Oh, okay. That, that's I a like way that. Better. There comparison.
1: you go. That's a good yeah. one. I think he'd take that.
0: He's Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks rolled into one,
1: but just rolled a... into a Vegemite sandwich. But rolled into
0: a Vegemite sandwich <laughs> yeah. and, I reckon. A, and a that's meat pine sauce.
1: Rolled into one of those uh, hot roast lamb rolls you get at a servo at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything more Aussie than that, Ian? Hot,
0: an Aussie hot bread shop sausage roll.
1: Yes. <laughs> the grot roll, mate. Yeah. The one that's been in the window yeah. for 10 hours. No, I'd have. A-
0: no grot roll. I had a fantastic one today at West Bull's End. Oh, really? Mint. Mint. Oh, okay. Great, great hot bread shop. Shout <laughs> yeah, out West Bull's End right there. Shout, shout out. out. Shout out West Bull's End hot bread shop. That was fantastic today. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. let's get on with some shout goddamn out. football. That's what we're here for. You don't yeah. want to hear us talk yeah. about weird newy suburbs uh, for the rest of the time. Yeah. You want to hear about NFL football because, of course, that is why you've clicked it on, uh, on the episode and it's what you're listening for. Uh, boys, we're into... We're into week 17. We are into yeah. the, the absolute asshole of the season, but we're at the fun time. We're with the, I don't want to go on. I can't keep going on with those Taylorisms without Taylor here. I was going to say we're into the tickling assholes
1: part. But just... <laughs> <laughs> if that was on my show, that would be a drop later in the week as well. Like I would cut that out and that would be nestled into a later show. <laughs> oh, man.
2: When you have got three editors here. That's when well, you know when going to talk about the better. I don't know. I
0: don't know where I was going with that one, Maddie. That was bad. I should that's we started,
1: but you didn't quite know where you were gonna end, but no. you already started. No. And it <laughs> ended badly. So let's keep let's keep like, moving. You can't win them all. You can't win them all. They're not that's all right. champions, like you know, they can't all be winners.
0: We're in a week seventeen football anyway. It's the end of the season, it's the end of the regular season. It is really heating up. But at this time of the season, usually we will we'll know a bunch of playoff teams already, if not the division winners. But at this point in time, we've got very yeah. little division winners, and there's something like 20 plus teams that are still in contention yeah. for a playoff. 26. For. 26. 26. It's insane. I think that's lesser today after today's game major, but
2: Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Jets were eliminated. I know opposite, that, but yeah. So,
0: um Yeah. But yeah, 26 teams in contention for playoffs. That is that is a, a hell of a product that the NFL has put out this season.
2: Yeah. It's crazy because um entering this week as well, there is one team in every single game this week that has a playoff chance. That is the first time we've got this deep into a season with that sort of playoff chance. First time yeah, in the second wow. last week of the year. Yeah. So it's a really crazy time. That is...
1: Uh... Well, and in the AFC, there are 12 teams with a winning record today. 12!
2: 12. 12
1: 16! That's, that's mad. Yeah, that's, that's mad. A, madness. Absolute madness.
0: So... Yeah. Um, it is, yeah. At the moment, we've only got uh, three, I think, is this three division winners. So, three teams that have secured the division at this point. Uh, yep. And that is the 49ers, the Detroit yeah. Lions, and no, two, sorry, only those two. They're the only two that have clinched the division. Um,
1: yeah. Miami are within a hair's breadth, though. So. They
0: are. They are. Um, it is yeah. so close in so many others. There are playoff bursts clinched for a bunch. Uh, can you believe the AFC East? The Dolphins are the only ones that have clinched a playoff burst so far. You would thought, it,
1: yeah,
0: it started the season. We thought three from that division, didn't we? And then,
2: yeah, well, uh, mainly two. I don't think we fully agreed on Jets. No, we didn't I fully agree,
0: just... but I think I think it was a, a it was a good possibility. It was a it was an absolute maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Jets were this year's version of last year's Broncos, right? Mm. We hadn't seen it but they'd made a few signings which made you believe they should be more competitive whether you bought it or not. They should be more competitive. So they took up a lot of air space and and sadly it hasn't gone that way. But even then, I think if you said you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers four snaps into the season, to say, oh, they've got six wins now is probably like uh, overachieving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And of course, today in today's game, the Jets took on the Cleveland Browns at the start yes. of the season, I think everyone sort of had in the back of their mind that the Browns were were pretty decent playoff contenders. And, of course, that, and that was with the whole Watson drama and everything because Watson starts to go down and even despite their defence being amazing, uh, a few hiccups here and there meant that they lost a few games and they didn't play as well as they should. But then all of a sudden, in comes Joe Flacco for the final, final bunch of games for the season. They signed him for, I think it was four or five weeks, essentially, for regular season. And so far, Joe Flacco has gone, the last three games, He has done over 300 yards. He's thrown for 13 TDs in the time that he's been in Cleveland so far. And he's played absolutely amazing. Outshone every other QB in the league for the last four weeks.
2: 100%. I mean, it's just incredible. Like, you can't... He kind of told me at the start of the year that Joe Flacco was going to be the Browns quarterback in, in, like, week 11. And he'd be the one that's just, like, leading them to to the, to the playoffs. Like, honestly, I had the Browns ranked pretty low this season uh, just because of Deshaun. I just didn't believe in him. And I, I feel like after this, after this performance and this whole month, I don't know... I don't know, like if Deshaun's even like the third best quarterback on the Browns this season, mm, like even he said that today, yeah, yeah, even PJ Walker felt a little bit better. Like, they it felt like they actually played for PJ more than they did for Deshaun as well, well. So, I just think you know, Joe Flacco comes in and he's brought a lot of belief to his team. He's just airing it out. I feel like he's just there. He's like, <laughs> screw it, I'm just gonna have a lot of fun. You know, I'm it doesn't matter win or lose, it's just a paycheck. And then he comes out and now he's actually winning. It's like, oh my God, this is like Joe Flacco from 2012. And as a Niners fan, I'm hoping we don't play the Browns in the Super Bowl if we make it that far. Because it'll just bring back all those flashbacks of losing to him in that Super Bowl. So, yeah, honestly, I feel like the Browns, it feels like they're the second best team in the AFC right now still alongside the Ravens. P- pretty even, actually, between those two teams, I would say, in terms of who is the top AFC team. As of this moment.
1: Similar resumes, don't they? Yeah. They've got similar resumes. And, and I believe the resume, sorry, Monkey Mark, but I believe it more than the Dolphins' resume. They've had a tough time with teams over 500 in a way that Cleveland and the Ravens haven't.
0: Yeah. And Matty, today today's game, Jerome Ford absolutely shone through. Um 64 yards on the ground, 57 and two TDs in receiving as well. David Njoku with 134 yards caught, that's a mammoth tight end game, six receptions for 134 yards. And this seems to be, as Manjot pointed out, it's all the, the Flacco effect.
1: 100%. I mean, Njoku was starting to show he had a role in the team, even when in that week where it was just DTR and also where the PJ Walker games He was starting to emerge as a pretty solid part of their offense there. And they kind of cleaned that up. Guys like Harrison Bryant and and the other, you know, the sprinkling in of other tight ends had sort of diminished as well. But, yeah, he really, in the first half today, he had 5 and 128 of that (laughs) that 134 yards. He had it by halftime. Halftime! Oh, my God. Um, And it was just the weirdest game, right? So, and I saw this really late in the game. Apparently, this is the first game where there's been 50 points in the first half between the two teams. And then zero touchdowns at all in the second half. Because I guess the damage was done and the Browns' defense is super legit. But Njoku has really shown himself up. And they they needed him today without Amari Cooper and then without scary injury to Elijah Moore, where he did not look well when he first went down. And they probably kept the camera on him a bit long. It was a bit uncomfortable to to see him so unwell. So um, we were glad to see him up and walking around afterwards. And he will be okay. But it was um, not a great moment in the game. Total, but also for the Browns. And, and it was just good to see Elijah Moore okay after it. Man, John, I'm going to
0: force you to talk about the Jets a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's not your favorite topic, but we are here, and it is a bit of a game recap from today. Uh, it seems like the last couple of weeks with Trevor Simeon, though, they have played pretty damn well. Trevor Simeon has gone over a couple of hundred yards in both games uh, against the Commanders last week in that win. And this week, two hundred sixty-one or oh, thirty-two or forty-five for two hundred sixty-one and a TD uh, today. Of course, there were two sacks as well. It's you get it. You get a quarterback like Trevor Simeon. You are going to end up leaking some sacks when you come up against a really quality defense like the Browns have. Um, the other big thing, though, I did want to talk about is Brees Hall. They seem to have unleashed Brees Hall in the last two weeks. Something that the Jets had failed to do for the last. Uh, well, the the whole of the rest of the season, man job. Of course, he went for yeah. 95 yards against the Commanders and 84 again today against the Jets, uh, against the Browns. Um, would it, the Jets seem to be doing something slightly different just because Trevor Simmons there or because it's the end of the season and they just don't care anymore.
2: Yeah, I feel like they're just, I think they're just planning things for next season at this point. Just really try and get who's going because they've already announced that Robert Sala's coming back. Um Woody uh sorry, the the GM's coming back. I forget his name. Woody Johnson, the owner, just said that earlier this week. So I think that the the coaching staff and the GM and everything just really they they want to know who is like good for next season and who's not. I think Brees Hall, they're just trying to see what can we do with this guy, someone who's got a lot of talent and him, so I think you know they know that Travis Simeon. No offense to him, but they know he's not going to be quarterback next year. It's obviously Rodgers. so they're just they're just looking at it from that standpoint. They're like, okay, we're just going to try things with the other guys and see what happens. Mm. I think one shining light for them, Garrett Wilson, hit over a thousand yards. First Jets receiver ever to hit back-to-back seasons with a thousand yards to start their career. I think it really shows that he. He's got he's got a lot of talent. He just needs a QB that's consistent, and then he could potentially be a fifteen hundred yard receiver. It's
0: a hell of a stat. The first one to get over that amount. Yeah. Wow, it's all stat. Anyway, uh, congratulations to the Brown thirty seven twenty winners. Puts them into the playoffs for the only the second time since two thousand and two. I think you mentioned Manjot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So two thousand and two. Of course, that year. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, they made the playoffs that year, and then since they they had a long drought, made in twenty twenty, and then now they've made it back on the yep. second time.
1: Yeah, so so I just wanted to dive in quickly on Bruce Hall though. Did you see? Oh. So he had that twenty yard touchdown on their opening drive, uh, the reception. He then had eight more catches for twenty two yards. Do you know how hard it is to catch eight balls for twenty two yards? <laughs> um, so he leads the team Alvin in reception Alvin Kamara receptions.
2: can Alvin Kamara Alvin
1: can. Kamara. he's the only person on earth who knows what that's like so well, no, I just thought that was worth bringing up that even though it was teeny tiny gains they continued to find ways to try and just get the ball into his hands that feeds right into what you were saying Ian, about them being like we just need to see if this guy is everything we think he is now he's legit back from injury
0: we, I mean everybody was telling him he is what they think he is that's the weird part I don't yeah. understand it. And then we'll talk later about another guy in Bijan Robinson who is in exactly the same boat. We know who they are. Give them a ball and let them do their thing. Let them cook. Yeah. Let Brees cook. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Sunday football in Australia. Yes. Sunday, the 31st, New Year's Eve. Of course, we get one game this week. We get, And it is the Detroit Lions taking on the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately for Detroit even though they are 11-4 and they are now NFC North champions, they do have to go into Dallas, which has been an absolute fortress for the Cowboys for such a long, long time. And they have to try and beat uh, a really, really solid Dallas team in Dallas. Manjot, do you feel like the Lions are, should be deserved favourites here when they're definitely not? They are, at the moment, five and a half points down. They're giving away five and a half points to the Cowboys at home. Do you feel like they should be the favorites? Do we feel like they're not getting, uh, I guess, getting enough respect for what they've already achieved?
2: I think as well, it's not really about them. I think it's about the Cowboys. They're just so good at home. And especially when you consider how well they've done blowing out teams when they're at home. Even the Eagles, they blew out. It's not even just like the bad teams like the Jets, the Giants, all those sort of teams. They also blew out teams like the Eagles. And I think that really shows that despite how good Detroit has been, it's still going to be a tough ask. they got to travel all the way to Dallas to play a team that hasn't lost at home that much in the last couple of years, if at all. So I really think that it is a tough test. And Jared Goff, he's more known for playing at home compared to when he's on the road. So I think it's going to be a tough test for him as well, Cons- considering how inconsistent he's been over the past month. Although the last couple of weeks have been pretty good from Jared Goff, I think he's right back on track to his usual pace.
0: The Cowboys are actually on a 15-game home winning
1: streak.
2: Yep,
0: but, there yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. So what
2: Maddie- I saw on them
1: today, and you'll love this they average a all-time second best 24.4 points average winning margin per game at home this season 24.4 24.4 is their average home winning margin. Do you remember that one when they just beat the shit out of the, the Giants recently and they embarrassed the Giants earlier in the year 40-0 two? One of them was at home. I don't remember which, but, you know, so there's two examples. Oh, yeah. of massive scores. Um, they, they tore apart the Eagles only recently as well. So I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's a, a fancied opponent or a tough opponent. When they come into AT T, they're copping the rough end of the stick, Ooh. and so for the money to be on the Lions, that says to me that's just us. That's the guys who are like an underdog. We love that this team. They're everyone's second favorite team this year. That they're not the best team, and they're not going to win the game, and that's why everything that's analytics driven is saying, "Oh, Cowboys seventy percent favorites," and and I tend to agree with the analytics over the you know the the bet with your heart money.
0: I feel I feel like uh, the Cowboys have sort of undone their own future last week they had a a great chance when miami uh, a great chance in the in the loss to miami if they could have come out with a win in that because that i yeah. think they really would have secured the division because the eagles uh had a really like really close game against the giants of all all teams mm-hmm. um it, it really gave them a scare and I feel like the Cowboys really kicked themselves uh, in the ass again at this end yeah. of the season, as they always do, where they really had a really good chance to to take the NFC East or really put a lot of pressure on the Eagles to to make sure that they kept performing through these last few games. But now it just seems to be a foregone... They, they led question. that
1: game in the fourth quarter, Ian. They've, they they yeah. led that game in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and they still went down 22-20. Um, yeah, it was such a close game. It was such a, such a close game, but... Yeah, I think the Cowboys lost it for themselves. And now they pretty much resigned to the fifth seed in the yeah. NFC. So, unfortunately, if you're
1: going to lose a game at this end of the year, though, not the worst loss to lose to another sort of 10 or wing team from the other conference who you never see on the road. Like in terms of context for the loss, it's not the worst loss. The bad losses are. When you were a Matty C's dick away from getting that ball into the end zone in Philadelphia, that's that's the one you had to have. You just needed that extra three blades of grass, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But losing out of conference away from home against another ten win team, okay, fine, that'll happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, let's move on to Monday football. New Year's Day, we all get to get up out of bed, uh, sore heads, and watch a a bit of football. Let's start with. Uh, a classic NFC East matchup. Uh, sorry, a classic AFC East matchup, I should say. The New England Patriots go to face the Buffalo Bills this week. Two very, very bitter arch rivals. The Bills are absolutely surging at the moment uh, on a uh, winning their last four out of five games against some really, really quality teams. As Matty talked about, the Cowboys are in amongst that. Uh, of course, they had a good win last week over the Chargers. There was Chiefs prior to that, a very narrow overtime loss to the Eagles, and then a massive, massive dropping in the New York Jets. The Patriots, however, bit up and down. They've really surprised yep. us in the last couple of weeks, Maddie scoring a bunch of points after a couple of games where they scored less than 20 combined. Um, it's just a, The Patriots are so weird, and we don't,
1: you just don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. Do we believe that the Bills can keep this heater going? Do you think? I think we do. But um, What I'm encouraged by for the Patriots, though, is that this Bailey Zappi definitely looks like he is much more of a worthwhile prospect than Manjot's mate, Mark Jones. So, look, uh, <laughs> everything went wrong for me in one fantasy league. I had Herbert and I had Burrow and both are dead. And I had to scoop up Bailey Zappi. And he is going to be my quarterback on championship week this year in one of my dynasty fantasy leagues. So, God help me. But in terms of NFL play, he actually looks really suited. And he went in and just rearranged Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. He just rearranged him. I mean, in the second half, their defense caught up. But by then, the damage was done. So, look, I, I got some belief in him as a football player. I just don't think the cast around him is good enough anymore. The defense is fine, but th- there's nothing to give you any inspiration on offense while Ramondre Stevenson's out. And they're going to miss him a lot this week. So, he's been doing fine, but he's limited in what he can do. And they just do not have any receivers you can believe in, and <laughs> and if you're looking beyond that, you've got Hunter Henry or Mike Gesicki, like that. They're going to scare anybody? No, no, they're not going to scare anybody. So look, I, I think it's going to be really difficult. As a Patriots fan, if you've been one for the last twenty five years, just remember the good times because it could be a little while before things change. And. No one gets the good times like you've had. And, and maybe it's just time for the Bills. They're 9-6 and six after being 5-5. Five and five, So they've worked really hard to turn this thing around. You're at home. You get a chance to vanquish an old enemy and cement your playoff spot. I think they'll turn up for it.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think with the Bills, they, they look like they're going to be on a tear. I mean, this team has just really been unlucky in a few of these games and they've really let themselves down in some of these games. And I think recently they've realized they can make a click. They can really come in and just, you know, win these close ones. I think last week, a lot of people would have been surprised. Hey, they lost to the Chargers. Oh, sorry. They beat the Chargers on the last second field goal. But I think really, like, I think that's a win they should, like, be proud of. I know it's the Chargers. You have to start East and Stick but shows they can win the close ones at the end of this season. Like, they've just beaten the Chiefs in the close one as well. I think those close ones that lost to the start of the season might cost them in the end here with the division title and everything. But I think if they've learned their lessons, I think that is more important than blowing the doors off the Chargers. So I think for the Bills themselves, this is that was probably actually a better way mm. to win in that they can show that they can continue to win close and that'll be important to come in January. And I think this week, I- I'm not sure how close it will be between these two teams, but I think it'll be uh, somewhat of a decent game. So I think the bills, they've got to be, they've got to be on form again, but if they, if they aren't, they've got to find a way to win just like they did last mm-hmm. week.
1: Good point.
0: Maddie, I don't, I don't believe in the Buffalo receiving court either though. this is my problem with this game. Um, you don't know what Belichick's going to do, and the, and the way that they have been playing, especially with Zappio. I, I agree with you there. And, but yeah. I don't believe in the, the Bills receiving core right now either. Last week against the Chargers, they only used five receivers. Dalton Kincaid only accounted for seven yards of the two hundred and thirty-seven, so he barely even used it. So they used four receivers essentially, and Gabe Davis was the out-and-out leader of that with one hundred and thirty. So I, I just don't understand. Stefan Diggs seems to have disappeared in that uh, in that offense. Not on there must something must be going on there. You, we haven't heard him whinging because they've been winning, but um, yeah. I don't know. It's Stefan Diggs the last few weeks 29 yards, 48 yards, 24 yards. Yeah. It's it's not enough from a guy of his skill level, and they seem yeah, to after not all be those
1: hundred yard games to start the year. Ian 100, yeah. But I think if I told you tomorrow you got to go into war with Demario Douglas right. and God knows what else. Uh, Mike Kosicki and, and Hunter Henry, or you got to go in with you know Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Oh, I Stan believe. Diggs, believe way, I
0: believe way more in Knox and Davis than I would. Have,
1: but it's, you know, so it's, yeah. whether they've been producing like their name brand say or not. Like if if I had to go into war with one bunch or the other, I know I know which one I'm picking. I'd be able to smell them with a the blindfold on which one's got more talent. So I, you know. Whether they're producing the way you'd like them to or not, I just I believe that they're better and I believe they'll show it up this week.
0: Yeah. The Bills, of course, the Bills. it's must-win territory for the Bills if they expect mm-hmm. to get playoff berth at all. Uh, there are 14 different scenarios to give them a playoff berth.
1: <laughs> um, it, it, Man, just eyebrows just shot up into the top of his beanie. He, he couldn't be more surprised at <laughs> that number. And 14, Fourteen is already starting to work on them. <laughs> 14.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're not going to go through them all, but let's just say... Winning a game, this game in particular, will increase or decrease those number of chances to much better chances. Uh yeah. 14 at the moment, different scenarios for them to get a playoff berth. Uh, they need to win. It's must-win territory for the Bills. Must win. Uh, the Patriots. Did you see that? Yeah. Sorry. No, you're right. I was just going to say oh, the I Patriots, gonna... on the other hand, that's just about seeing what you have for next year. uh yeah, and academic. Uh, and all of us being able to... Uh, speculate whether Belichick is even going to be the one that is looking at the same Patriots team next year. So,
1: Well, uh, my question here is going to be, just on the betting end of it, I'm not a better, but I like looking at these things because it's always interested me a heap. The over-under in this game is 40 and a half. Who is not just smashing the shit out of that over with Buffalo at home, right? Uh, over, over totally. Yeah, I mean, over it totally. seems like free money.
0: Well, the last couple of weeks, the Patriots alone have scored over 20 yards, so yeah. 24 and then 27 I'm pretty sure it's it like was.
1: like Vegas haven't caught on to Zappy.
0: Yeah. So that's that's pretty good odds for me anyway. The, you yeah. only need another 20 points out of the Bills and you're already over that. And that's 20 points from the Bills, for God's sakes. Just, that's Josh <laughs> Put Allen alone. 20 bucks
1: alone. on that for me, Ian. Put 20 bucks on that for me, mate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that, buddy. No worries. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, let's... <laughs>
0: Let's move on to another game that I'm definitely not betting on. And I'm really sad that Brad isn't here for this one. It is the Atlanta Falcons going into Chicago to take on the Bears. Brad loves his Falcons talk. And I'm sure he would be really getting on the Falcons right now and trying to have a bit of a conversation. But they are going into Chicago. They are slight underdogs. Maddie, you're over-under in this one. You just spoke about the over-under in your last game. Yeah. 37 and a half points. I don't understand that, Maddie. The the Bears, <laughs> the Bears last few games have been 20 plus, almost 30 points. And this is 37 and a half. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what the Desert expects is going to happen in this game if they think if the Bears are scoring that well, do they think that they're going to just absolutely stomp the Falcons Manjot? They're going to completely stifle them? I know we've talked about the previous weeks, the fact that they don't They have no semblance of a run game. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, But this is just absurd. 37 and a half.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, looking at this, I mean, I think it's more likely be a defensive game. I think with how the Bears have been defensively the last few weeks, ever since they got sweat, I think that really showed that they have gone out, traded for a guy, They've really improved across the board on defense. And really, I mean, just one guy getting added to a defense makes that much difference. That is that is insane. I think the Falcons' defense is pretty decent too. So I'm not too surprised by this over-under. I wouldn't be surprised if it even is under as well, even with how these offensive ha- offenses have been playing. Because I, I just think the defenses have been playing just as good. And honestly, it could be like a low-scoring game. You never want to trust a, a high-scoring game, especially in S- Soldier Field, where the conditions can get worse throughout the game. They can get very windy. They can get they can get snow sometimes. I don't think we're forecast for snow this game, but sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's rain. So you know, Chicago weather is so much different to the uh, dome in Atlanta. So sun- sunny sure. in
0: Chicago, sunny in Chicago for this yeah. game.
1: Yeah, going to be my question, too, is, well, what is the weather meant to be like? Is it meant to be like blowing a gale or is it meant to be snowing or what? But I think the the difficult thing about Chicago is that it's not like they've got the greatest defense. What you're banking on, I think, is, you know, Atlanta's offense hasn't exactly been, you know, peaches and cream, right? So (laughs) just going for a Georgia reference there. They've, They've looked up and down The encouraging thing for me last week. And we spoke about this uh, on the the fantasy show is that Bishon Robinson got 10 targets last week and he's had 31 in the last five weeks. So they're starting to find ways to get the ball into his hand. And I'm sad it's taken him 15 weeks to fucking well decide to do it, but they're going to do it. And that kind of gives me some hope that Atlanta look, you know, at least reasonable in this game. Do I think it's enough to overcome Chicago at home with Justin Fields? Maybe not, but at least this game will be super entertaining because it's two teams who are in that six and seven win range who still have the opportunity to, to have a dig at trying to, you know, make life uncomfortable for each other.
0: Yeah. The Falcons can keep, uh, astoundingly, can keep playoff hopes alive with a win here. So I'm desperately hoping that the Bears win. Uh, so we don't have to have the Atlanta Falcons anywhere near our playoff talk um, and of yeah, course, our, no
2: Falcons uh, talking playoffs.
0: Our, our Aussie Gridiron Network playoff, uh, I don't know, we've got to find a name for it, but our, our massive playoff shows, we're all we're all coming <laughs> we'll together. I don't want to have to talk <laughs> about the Falcons. Let's just, uh, I don't want to have to do it. So please, uh, Justin Fields and the Bears, can you put on a performance like you did last week against Arizona and absolutely turn it on against the Falcons because I reckon they could blow that under-over out of the water by themselves. It would be amazing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they could.
0: It's a low under-over, isn't it? It's such a low under-over. Let's move on and talk about my boy Gardner Minshew. Mm. The Indianapolis Colts welcome in the Las Vegas Raiders and Aidan O'Connell into Indianapolis this week. What a game. Uh, I can't wait for Minshew to take on the, the Raiders. And see what if he can get around Max Crosby. The Colts, of course, need to keep winning. They are equal eight and seven in the AFC South with both the Jags, Maddie's Jags, and the Houston Texans. We spoke about this last week the fact that these teams, if these teams keep winning, we're coming down to week 18 uh, and a week 18 matchup, and it could be an amazing finish for the AFC South. Maddie, I, I, I have to throw to you here. You've 100%. got to be. You've got to be looking forward to all these AFC South games this week.
1: Uh, a little bit. So there's one I'm not so chuffed about that we'll get to, but this one is going to be an interesting one because I mean, immediately out of the gate, the Colts are at home, so they're three and a half point favorites, which I think is probably fair. they man, they've been gritty. Their mm. defense has been surprisingly, you know, uh, I don't want to say good, surprisingly. Uh, sufficient. <laughs> Let's go with that. They found ways to turn the ball over, and and it just it it's removed scoring opportunities that I don't know that they would have defended any other way. It's not like they've got a great secondary. They've not got a terrific pass rush. The linebackers are alright. They're, they're, they're middle of the pack against the run. So it's you know they do enough things right. They've just been winning turnover battles. And I mean, if anyone could turn the ball over on the road, it's someone like Aidan O'Connell and a backup running back, right? So uh, there's a great chance that this just rolls on to another week. Yeah. Manjot, we have to talk about that. Last week, the
0: Las Vegas Raiders came away with a 20-for-14 win over none other than the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Zamir so White ran for 145 yards with 22 carries. Aidan O'Connell had a mere, six, a tiny, 62 yards passing. It was all run game, and the Raiders absolutely smashed them on defense and on the ground. It was a it was a great game uh, to watch the Chiefs just go just falter on Christmas Day, wasn't it, Manjo?
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable. You cannot believe that that something like that could happen. Where after the first quarter, they did not complete an entire pass. That is just something in the modern NFL where you're like, it just doesn't happen. Do that to win. It just doesn't happen you lose if you do that shit. Like, honestly, like, yeah. how did they get away with that? It was just crazy. Like, the whole game, just watching that live, I was like, the Chiefs have got no chance of winning this. And I guess it's the Raiders' defense, and it's something the Colts can't overlook, the Raiders' defense. They made Mahomes turn the ball over for touchdowns in seven mm. seconds, and they both will return for touchdowns. Like, yeah. yeah. That's it. Sorry, I, I repeated the touchdown there. But yeah, two touchdowns in seven seconds by the defense. Both off Mahomes' turnovers. Just incredible yep. how they were doing against the Chiefs. And I think the Colts, this might be a trap game for them. Honestly, I, I, I'm not entirely sure about the Colts winning this one. It might seem that they will, based off what we've seen this season. But I don't think you can count out Antonio Pierce. You also have to look at the Colts last week. They they were just absolutely lost against the Falcons last week, so I think this week they might be in a bit of trouble against the Raiders. So I'm I, if I'm if I'm looking at this, I might actually think about tipping the Raiders this week because I'm just not entirely sure about the Colts at the moment. It just something feels off about this game.
0: I tell you what, if the Raiders win this, they will move to eight and eight, and then oh, wow. then the pressure is. Massively on the Kansas City Chiefs in the later window, who are coming up against the Bengals to try and stop that, to not have to fall to nine and seven. And the Raiders, I mean, there's this there's, there's big playoff birth, big playoff contention here. There could be at eight and eight, or, 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 even at nine and eight. I think at nine and eight, they get a playoff. Nine and eight, you're can in.
2: You, so, can you imagine, though, boys, like, because we had the same scenario two years ago at the Raiders. Where they had an interim coach lead them to the playoffs, and they just got bounced out by the Bengals in the first week. So, two times in three years, you fire your coach and then make the playoffs in the same season. That would be something so extraordinary. They'd have to hire Antonio Pierce this time. I, I think I think this, not, yeah, yeah. I, I think not this not time push, he's push a, push a different.
0: Yeah, he's a different kind of coach to Passatia too. I think he's just the way he's taken on the the city is taking him on. As well, because he was he played for like the Raiders.
2: I was the same way, to be fair. I, but, I just think the difference is yeah. the fact
0: that Pierce played for the Raiders. He was a Raider. He is a Raider. He lives and breathes it. Yeah. So Yeah. I think, I think being that, being a Raider, uh, yeah, it's taken on that fan base, that fan base, is going to love him more. And I think it just endears him more to the franchise itself as well. I can't see him this run, even if they finish at eight and eight, uh, eight and nine, rather, um, I can't, uh, I can't see them not giving him. The, the tilt at the, the head coaching job, even for a couple yeah. of years, you sign in for a couple of years and see what happens. If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't, you've got two years down the track. Like, what does it matter? Uh, but yeah. Aid O'Connell Connell is playing fantastic. They've got an amazing defense. So yeah, get it on. Uh, let's move yeah. on. Uh, let's move quickly through the Rams and the giants. The Los Angeles Rams go to New York to face the giants. Uh, Stafford and the Rams can inch closer to another postseason return as long as they beat the Giants. It's a pretty easy game here for the Rams on paper. Matty, yeah. we, you've got, we've got to be pretty confident here. They are five-and-a-half-point favourites right now. Uh, weirdly, it's only a 43-and-a-half under-over. I would have given the Rams yeah. way more than that. These under-overs this week seem ridiculous, but the Rams, Matt Stafford, who the Cooper Cup. Uh, these guys, are, they're just, surely they're going to destroy this New York Giants team.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's got me nervous is uh, in the, the grand final, Manjot and I own a fantasy team where we're up against a Kyron Williams owner. <laughs> so we kind of don't mind if Matt Stafford goes ham because he's our quarterback. But man, he better not be throwing him to Kyron Williams. Uh, but on a serious, like on an NFL note, though, yeah, this to me looks like it's a one-way traffic game and, and the only thing that might make it difficult is the Rams playing in the early window on the eastern side of the country. They don't do it a lot and they're doing it against a team that they, they don't see all the time either. It's not like there's just some great rivalry between them and the, the Giants that they see often. And this Tommy DeVito guy showing a bit of pluck, man, so uh, he might cause more troubles at home than he would if it was the other way around and they're playing over in L.A., um, that's the only thing that kind of gets me nervous about it being as one-way traffic as I'm kind of hopeful for it to be. So this five-and-a-half line, man, there's a part of me that might take the Giants to the points if I was betting on it because at the moment, what do the Rams need? They need to win. They don't care if they win by one or 100, right? Mm. It doesn't actually matter to them. They just need to walk out of the town with a win. So if they've got to win it close, they'll win it close. I, I'm I, I'm nervous about how uncomfortable the Giants could make it for them.
0: Manjot, we spoke about this last week, so we only really need to go briefly again, I guess, but mm. we talked about the Rams and how unlikely it would be after winning a Super Bowl in twenty twenty one, having a, a, a horrible, horrible season in twenty twenty two to come back now, where they were three three and six going into their bye week, and now it's five and one since their bye. This would be yeah. amazing, Manjot, if the uh, if the Rams managed to get back to the
1: playoffs from here.
2: Yeah, it'll be incredible. Like, just watching the Rams this season, I think the number one thing is their offense is very explosive when you have Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Matthew Stafford, Tyler Higby on the field. I think they're ranked, like, number one in pretty much every category when all of those guys are on the field. It's just incredible what Mm -hmm. they've done. Just getting, like, their offense reinvigorated and really just getting sort of guys like Kyron Williams and Huka Nakula who weren't really that highly touted coming into the season to really make them into stars. I think that's a really good job on the coaching front. I think, I think the Rams have done pretty well defensively as well. I think they're improving in that area. And honestly, I've got to say it, like, as a Niners fan, I'd actually be more concerned playing the Rams than, like, any other team in this playoffs. It just... Something about the Rams actually makes me scared, like more scared than teams like the Eagles or the Cowboys, even like I mean, those guys are good teams, don't get me wrong I'm scared of them, but something about this Rams team has just getting me really scared, and that's why, you know week 18 next week, I'm I'm, I'm really nervous about that matchup against the Rams, because I'm like, yeah that that's going to be a tough one that's going to be a real tough one, so yeah, the Rams have got everything to play for the last couple of weeks, and I think I think they can really do something in these last couple of weeks and make the playoffs.
0: For sure. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals who are going to Philadelphia to face the Eagles. Maddie, we talked about lines earlier. How about this for a line? (laughs) 12-point line for the the Eagles are favourites. 12 points, which is very just. The Eagles could finally clinch the division here if they just get past the Arizona Cardinals, who've had a good couple of runs in the last week. Kyler Murray has definitely been scoring some points for them since his return. That's been a a, a big uptick in what they've been doing. Uh, But of course, let's face it, coming out of this game, the Eagles should be able to clinch the NFC East and the Arizona Cardinals should be well and truly on their way to securing the number two pick in the 2024 draft. That's how this should play out.
1: Tash should, should play out, right? That's and that's the word. It should play out. Um, I don't think the result of this game is something I'm terribly nervous about because even though the Cardinals look far better with Kyler Murray there, it doesn't, it's not good enough deodorant for their bad defense, right? And that's their problem, is they just they can score some points, they just can't stop him. And Kyler will get you some points, but he's not covering enough. He just there's not enough to go around. His wide receivers stink at the moment. His best one isn't even there in Hollywood Brown. And James Connor can only do so much. He's just one man, right? And he's only a little guy. He, he can't do it all. So there's not enough for me to feel like the Cardinals can do a heap here other than just beat the Philadelphia Eagles against the spread. And against the spread this year, they're a 3-12 team, but they're 6-8-1 and one against the spread. So I feel like I'd be backing them against the spread, but not in real football.
0: Yeah, that's about all you can do in this game, I think, there, Jot. It's pretty foregone. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like the Eagles I think
0: Matty have hit to everything on the head. Then,
2: <laughs> yeah, they just have to show up. The Eagles compared to the last few weeks, they just really have to put their foot down this week. Yeah. If, if they if they are to be taken seriously in the playoffs, I really think they have to put their foot down and show that they they can still blow teams out and really make it big. I I just don't think I've seen that a lot from the Eagles this year, but I think this is the one game where they're going to do it. So. Yeah, here we go.
1: Can I ask, Manjot, what would you take out of it if you looked on Monday afternoon, having not seen the game, and you saw Eagles
2: 27-17? I, I wouldn't be too mad, upset about that. Uh, I think what would you take ten, away uh, from it? What would, would you
1: learn from
0: it? I would that? be.
2: Uh, I, I mean, 10 points, two scores. I I would say hmm, they could have won by more, could have won by I would be,
0: I would, my, my main takeaway manager would be they let them score 17. That would be my biggest thing. All right, yeah. If you are letting the Arizona Cardinals score 17 points in this game, then I worry for the Philadelphia Eagles defense coming into a playoff against much, much, much better teams that have got way more of their shit together. They're all focused on the big prize. Whereas the Cardinals are definitely not focused on the big prize. Their big prize, <laughs> their big prize is in, is, is later. That's April. You know, yep. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I would be, uh, okay. I'd be worried about him coming into playoffs, Matty. That's my answer to, to, Man, to Manjot's question. <laughs>
1: yeah. So they yeah. need to win by sort of, you know, get a third score on for Manjot to be like, okay, so they're legit. But if they win by that much, we're kind of like, mm, maybe that that's playing towards the receding narrative of the Eagles, not the, they're, they're rounding in a form, which is what every Philadelphia Eagle fan wants to tell you they are. Yeah. I just
0: want to, yeah. Eagles, just put a 40 burger on them. Show us what you can do. Show every yeah. Make everybody scared again. Otherwise, what, NFC title race is just foregone. So just give it to the 49ers because who? no one else is going to take them on if that's what the Eagles are going to do. So that's pretty much what it is. Because Dallas are I mean, going to. They're both 11
1: and 4 teams. You haven't looked terribly convincing, right? Yeah. So. You know, if you can win by two scores at home against a bad team, all right. Well, okay. The, the opponents in this title race are going to go to an even worse team on the road who don't have a defense at all. And if you tell me they win that game twenty-seven to seventeen, I've got a mate here who would tell me it was the most amazing win in history.
0: No, that's right. It won't be. <laughs> yeah. But before we get to that game, let's talk about one of the closer games of the weekend one that will be yep. much, much closer and has much bigger ramifications for one division only. That is the Saints and the Terminator Derek Carr come into Tampa Bay to take on my boy Baker. Uh, the Buccaneers are currently at eight and seven leading division. The Saints are at seven and eight sitting in third place on point differentials only, percentages and point differentials. Oh wow! This this game has has a lot of big ramifications for that that entire division. Who are we going to see in the playoff? Because it's only going to be one team out of this division, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: man, John, I, I need to hear what you think about this because uh, I've got some favoritism in this division. I'll explain it in a minute.
2: Yeah, I think honestly, it's going to be the Buccaneers. I I just feel like I trust them a lot more than the Saints. I think. With how they've done so far this season, the Buccaneers, they've been pretty inconsistent. But the last few weeks, Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. has started to heat up, and I think that will ultimately ultimately be the difference between these two teams is Baker Mayfield. I think he'll be the difference maker. And mm-hmm. if he plays well, then the, then the Saints have no chance, I reckon. I think it will just be an easy Buccaneers win, maybe a one-score win, uh, like, say, seven points, not like a close one. I think this will be, I think that they'll blow them out and the Saints will start making it close. That's just how I feel about this one.
0: Well, Maddie, you, yeah. saw, you saw the Bucks smash the Jags 30 <laughs> to 12 last week. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, come on. It was, that was a performance <laughs> that none of us, none of us were expecting that performance. We were expecting that game to be uh-huh. a lot, lot closer. And when it started going the way it did early in the game, oh. we are like, what the hell happened here to the Jags? It
1: was just un- yeah. unbelievable, but it went south quick, and it was only thirteen nothing at one point. And I thought, like, how's it only thirteen <laughs> nothing? Right? It yeah. was it was tough watching. But mate, I, I'm gonna explain what I meant before. In every season, Ian, before it kicks off, I pick an NFC team who are just gonna be my second team, and I like to take a team who kind of had a bit of a rough year the year before, and I just kind of like to to be a little bit of support for them to see them turn it around and maybe make a playoff run in the next year. That's kind of what I do, and it's almost always seems to be a team from the NFC South as well. Cause this division's always a shit fight ever since drew Brees started to get old. This division has just been, how lucky do you feel? Um, and this year I put my money on the saints. Cause I kind of like the idea of Derek Carr going there. I thought he might, <laughs> he might elevate them a bit and uh, maybe he hasn't, maybe he has, but the, I, I find it hard to sort of back against them because nobody in this division has made it look like they can just blow you to pieces. And I don't know, the Saints have got this little element in them. As long as they've got Kamara on the field and Olave is healthy, I just, I find it hard to give up on them. And the line here is two and a half points, which as a a visiting team, you should be getting three, right? The home field's worth three. So that says to me, if they played in a car park in Carabaugh tomorrow, Saints win. So I kind of feel like I should just lean into that. And I should probably believe that the Saints are at least worth the shout in something that could be like a 24-20 kind of game.
0: Yeah. My worry is that Derek Carr's barely been able to finish a game lately. I mean, he did finish last <laughs> week, but and, and like I I, I I'm, I'm all Bucks here. I have to go Bucks. I picked the Bucks to win this division. It's not just Baker I picked the Bucs to win this division. They're so
1: much fun, Ian. It's so hard to talk against I know, the Bucs right now. They're so much fun. And neither of these yeah. boys
0: believed me earlier in the season when we did they our did divisional not. picks. They both they both put the Bucs last in this division, amazingly. And I said, no I didn't way. believe you either. <laughs> and I said, no way, no way, no way. But it, this is one of my actually correct picks at this point. <laughs> and yeah. I have to stand Nailed right. Nailed the
1: shit out of it. Yes. Yeah, so Nailed the shit
0: out I'm of gonna it. I'm going to take the uh, Taylor Goodall just walk of fame for this one. Yeah. If it does should give off.
1: yourself a trophy. This is what Taylor would do. He'd give himself a trophy for it, and then he'd spend his whole offseason dipping his balls in it. So when someone else got it and tried to drink <laughs> out of it, he would And they would have Taylor Ball sweat in it. That's what and he would do.
0: Exactly. And that might be what I do. Uh yeah but the the thing that worries me is that Derek Carr doesn't finish the game and we see Jameis Winston because the Saints offense looks More exciting with Jameis Winston, isn't it? He still throws some picks. He still throws some shit balls, but the ones he hits, which are a lot, there's a big percentage that he hits. Oh yeah, they're pretty pretty balls. They are beautiful balls that he that he has. Jameis Winston that has beautiful balls. Yeah, balls, two balls. balls Reference in the same yeah. game.
1: Look at that. First, it was Taylor's balls. Now it's James's. Yeah, so,
2: pause right there for the pretty balls. I gotta say.
1: So yeah, no, it's just the touchdown
0: throws he was doing have, have been great. Uh, so yeah. I, I worry, I worry for the way that that offense looks when he comes in for this game because I really want the Bucks to win. I, I want mm. them to lock this division up. Uh, pretty sure they will after this game. Yeah, I'm they started. will. And so just get it done. Uh, I'm amazed. I, I, I'm i actually amazed even though I picked them on how how good Baker looks in this offense, something that everyone said yeah. was Tom Brady's offense that no one would ever be able to achieve in because it was all. Oh, you
1: said that this week as well. You, yeah, because it was you're all on record with that. Yeah,
0: because yeah. it was all a Brady thing and was made for Brady. But Baker's come in and he's. He's made it just as functional. It's not as it's not as polished, oh, he's but it's been just better. as functional. He's, he has been better. I think Baker Mayfield yes. has found a system that works. And there's for every QB that's out there, mm-hmm. there is a system, there's a, a pocket that works for them. And I think Baker Mayfield's found it here in Tampa Bay. I think
1: so too. Yeah, so, and he's got a guy who can track down his deep ball. This is like that moment when Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs. Throw up the long one. He's got one of the better long ball trackers in the league, and Mike Evans has always been that guy. He's always been someone who can go out and have four catches for 126 and two touchdowns. Now he's got the guy who can supply it. It's this beautiful marriage, and um, I, I completely believe this is the difference between them and the Saints. And you know, the the downside of that is, and we haven't seen it as much this year, is that Mike Evans has a propensity to sometimes just go missing two and have those like games with one target, and no catches. Um, Baker hasn't let him have that, which I'm really impressed with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure.
0: Today, Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts: Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty.